welcome. Thank you for joining me. This is the Catholic Adventurer coming at you live on X. A new thing I'm trying today, or starting today, I'll explain in a second. Coming at you live on X at For the Queen BVM, live to Facebook and YouTube at Catholic Adventurer. Very, very happy to be joining me today. We're talking about standing your ground when surrounded by, quote, breakers of the law, huh? Some scripture reference in there for you. Just give, just bear with me. Surrounding, standing your ground. Freemasonry, Satanism, humanism, what's it all about? We're going to get into all of that with some interesting and weird news articles. Uh, but boy, that's 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 the existence we're in now, is news articles just getting weirder and weirder. Thank you again for joining me. This is the Catholic Adventurer, and we're going to have, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, though, but that's that's always what you say in the biz. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Sometimes I'll, I'll catch an ad somewhere. It could be for something completely, I don't know, pointless. Uh, not pointless, but, you know, trivial, a shampoo. You know, and using this shampoo is really fun. That, that, that must be the new key word. I, I don't know. Everything's really fun, I, I guess. I don't know. So we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Whew. So first, what am I doing here? So I do a regular podcast. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and several others. Uh, a regular podcast called The Catholic Experience. You probably are aware of this. The Catholic experience pretty much is what it says. I talk about the experience of being Catholic. It's a deep dive into the lived experience of the faith. So ideally, ideally, it talks, it covers prayer, meditation, talking about the sacraments, um, not just the saints, but saints, saintliness, stuff like this. It's a deep dive into Catholicism. So that's the regular podcast. But this week, I decided, I think I want to try and do a regular daily podcast. It's technically not the Catholic experience, but I guess we can call it that for now because I'm not inventive enough to come up with a different name. But it really is something different. It's something a little bit different. And I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to try to do this on a set schedule, though I haven't figured one out yet. I was supposed to do this one at 11 o'clock. It's nearly 2 o'clock now. So I'm going to try and do it on a set schedule. I'm going to try and do this in a way that, that is interesting and engaging. I'm going to invite live call-ins. I'm going to try to do things like live polls because I really want to get the audience engaged, you know, for, to make it interesting for you. Now, here's a little bit of a kicker. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to start these live broadcasts on, um, on social media and then I will migrate them or transition over to my website. So the extended show will be on the live page on my website. So that's what's coming down the pike this week. I think I will start that. T today I'm just going to do this strictly on social, nice, clean, and easy. Probably tomorrow I'll start doing the base show on socials. And then if you want to keep checking out the show You'd have to go to my website. It's not to make money. I don't have ads ads on my website. It's not to make money, but it's to corral. Um, a, it's to corral a community. It's to corral a community. So on the live page on my website, I have live chatting there. Um, you're able to sign up for the newsletter if you want to, but it's not like in your face or anything. It, it's just there throughout the site. It's a link there, but the live chat is there. 
Uh, the live audio is there and so on. It's basically to help build a community. And also because there are some things that I want to talk about that social media won't let me say on there. Um, but nobody can stop me from saying it on my website. Ha, 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 ha. Honk, honk. So definitely uh, follow me and um, and let's do this. Okay, so let's get into the show today. It's so interesting. Uh, I wanted to do a show on Freemasonry and the manifestation of Satanism in the Western culture. Uh, it sounds heavy, but it really was not. A, it, it was not going to be very heavy, and it's not going to be heavy now. Um, and then it's such. A, I didn't have time to do it. I had a, a different podcast. I, I I had to do for my podcasting catalog, and this came up this morning in today's mass reading. And I want you to listen carefully. Listen carefully, because. What we see in here really speaks to us. It's from the book of Maccabees. So Protestants, if you're not in the know, I, I am very sad to tell you, this will not be in your King James Version of the Bible. This is one of the books, and, and I'm not saying this to provoke you, but this is one of the books that were removed by Martin Luther. This, this is not a book that was added at some point. This, I, I understand the history. I understand where we disagree. I'm telling you the Catholic perspective. And as far as I'm concerned, the history supports it. Maccabees was not added later. That was part of the original canon. The, after, Christ, after the Christianity was springing up and growing in popularity, the Jewish elders removed it. For, I'm not going to go through the history, but it, it, this was part of the canon in the time of Jesus. Maccabees is one of the books that even the apostles read from, and, and that's that. If you don't agree, that's okay. That's okay. But I'm just letting you know, where's that in the Bible? Well, this one isn't in your Bible. <laughs> so here comes the book of Maccabees, it's, which is fantastic. You really should pick up a Catholic Bible it, or look it up online. Look up the book of Maccabees online. There's all kinds of resources. Book of Maccabees is amazing. So here we go. This is first book of Maccabees, chapter 1, verses 10 to 15, and so on and so on and so on. It's a bunch of different verses. Okay. From the descendants of Alexander's officers, there sprang a sinful offshoot. Antiochus Epiphanes, son of King Antiochus, once a hostage at Rome. He became king in the year 137 of the kingdom of the Greeks. In those days, now here's where you have to listen carefully. In those days, there appeared in Israel men who were breakers of the law. And they seduced many people, saying, Let us go and make an alliance with the Gentiles all around us. Since we separated from them, many evils have come upon us. Let me pause there. <laughs> if this might as well have been written last week. So, breakers of the law, they're not talking... At least I don't think they're talking about people who, you know, rob and steal. I think they're talking about breakers of the law of the covenant. Okay, so that, that's a big deal. Although, anyway, so that's a pretty big deal. Men who are breakers of the law, men who were not keeping the covenant. This is throughout Israel's history. They rise, they fall, they're faithful to the covenant, they reject the covenant. They, they're faithful to God, then they reject then they worship pagan gods. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And before we frown 
too severely on the ancient Jews, keep in mind, we do the same thing too. It just manifests differently, right? So that's what we have. We have uh, an uprising of, pe of people who are not keeping the law. There appeared men in Israel um, who were breakers of the law. And they said, let us go and make an alliance with the Gentiles all around us. So Israel was pretty, I don't want to say isolationist, but kind of, because they were surrounded by pagans, and Israel kept the law. Let us go and make an alliance with the Gentiles all around us. So they are Gentiles, but they're pagans. Understand, they're pagans. Since we separated from them, many evils have come upon us. Don't we say these same things today? Let's get along with everybody else, with let's get along with the secular culture. Let's get along with secular norms because resisting them is such a pain in the neck, right? Let's just get along. Let's just get along with what they're teaching our kids in schools. Let's just get along with what they're putting up on TV and in movies. Let's just get along with the political agenda that we know is contrary to or contradicts our faith or is contrary to the truth because resisting it is such a pain in the neck. And it really, really is. And sometimes resisting it can be harmful, right? You might lose your job, or your kids might not be welcome in a particular school. I don't know. But sometimes keeping, I, I, I don't want to say keeping God's law, but that's what it is. But I want to make it a little bit more real for you. Sometimes living in accord with truth brings harm. Many evils have come upon us ever since we separated from them. Now, let me continue. The proposal was agreeable. Some from among the people promptly went to the king and authorized them, and he authorized them to introduce the way of living of the Gentiles. So the king authorized the Jews to introduce the way of living of the Gentiles. Thereupon, they built a gymnasium in Jerusalem, <laughs> according to the Gentile custom. They covered over the mark of their circumcision and abandoned the Holy Covenant. They allied themselves with the Gentiles and sold themselves to wrongdoing. The king wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. This is another thing I want you to listen to, because this is where we're going with this episode. The king wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people, each abandoning his particular customs. All the Gentiles conformed to the command of the king, and many children of Israel were in favor of his religion. They sacrificed to idols and profaned the Sabbath. I'm going to fast forward to the very end. But, in, but many in Israel were determined and resolved in their hearts not to eat anything unclean. So some in Israel were resisting. They refused to give in. That's what this is saying. They resolved not to eat anything unclean. They preferred to die rather than to be defiled with unclean food or to profane the Holy Covenant. I love that wording. And they did die. Terrible affliction was upon Israel. How strong is that? The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. 
So many in Israel gave in. They decided to get along because, resi- because being different was too difficult, right? But some stood firm, refusing to eat it. You know what's so, what struck me so interesting in, in this reading this morning when I was at Mass? They preferred to die rather than be defiled. Can you imagine how, if we, <laughs> imagine saying, I prefer to die rather than commit sin. Now, they're not talking about just plain old sin. I'm sure, you know, the Maccabees, you know, they committed sins, right? But then there was, a, there, was, there, was a betra- there was sin so bad that it betrayed the covenant, right? And don't we in Christian West do that too? Hmm? Imagine if we were so stout-hearted and so in love with God that we said, I would rather die than to do anything that betrays the covenant with God, with Jesus, or with God in Jesus Christ. I would rather die. Can you imagine? That's easier said than done. But here in the story, we see that they did. They did, in fact, die. They walked their talk. And terrible affliction was upon Israel. You should read the book of Maccabees. It it, it isn't a storybook. It's a history book. But read it like a story. Really imagine everything that's, that you're reading. Really put yourself in there, you know? It's, it's an epic, epic, epic story. It's really an epic story. So, why am I opening this episode with this reading? <laughs> Let me back up. Then the king wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. What does that sound like to you? Any guesses? each abandoning his particular customs. What does that sound like to you? If some of you are paying attention and you are astute, you might say, that sounds like communism. All the Gentiles conformed to the command of the king, and many children of Israel were in favor of his religion. Communism. Marxism. But if you go a little bit deeper, what also does it sound like? The first thing I thought of when I heard that, when I heard this scripture being read, the first thing I thought of was, that's Freemasonry. That's why I'm opening the show with it. That's Freemasonry. Recently, the Dicastery for the Doctrine of Faith, in response to, I think it was bishops in Philippines, in response to some bishops in the Philippines, reaffirmed church law and church teaching that Catholics may not be free, cannot cannot be Freemasons. Catholics are not allowed to be Freemasons. This was brought to the, to the dicastery by the bishops in the Philippines because there is um, a, a massive increase in people who are becoming Freemasons. More Freemason lodges are opening and so on. You know, I saw a Freemason lodge. I think it was like the first Freemason, Freemasonry lodge I think in Boston, I think it was the first in, 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 I think it was the first in the country. Um, Not just the first in Boston, but anyway, um, as I was looking at this objectively magnificent looking building, I couldn't help but to think, boy, it looks like a satanic temple. There were certain images and certain, there was just something about the symbolism throughout the architecture that made me think, I don't know, it looks like it's fake beautiful. (laughs) It looks like it's wickedness. 
pretending to be beautiful. You know, and I can't put my finger on it. But that always stuck with me. You know? So there's an increase in in openings of, of Masonic, I almost said Satanic Lodges, but it's the same thing. Masonic Lodges, more and more Filipinos, and really it's it's a lot of people throughout the world are becoming more and more open, more and more interested in becoming Freemasons. The bishops of the Philippines took this concern. Uh, I guess they wanted the dicastery to chime in because the bishops of the Philippines knows this is anti-Catholic. Catholics cannot be Freemasons, period. They know this. But I guess they wanted the official word from uh, from the Vatican, from the doctrine office, so that they could say, you see, we're not saying it. He said it. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is, but it almost plays out that way. See, we're going to get we're going to get the Vatican to say something about this. This way, they can be mad at the Vatican and not mad at us. I really don't think it is that, but it just it's funny that it kind of sounds like it. Okay, so getting back to this. So I thought it was interesting that that story about the dicastery reaffirming church teaching against Freemasonry, that that same day, let me tell you another story that popped up. Satanic Temple announces launch of after-school Satan Club at Connecticut Elementary School. Hmm, why would I pair those two? You've probably already picked up on it. Because Freemasonry is Satanic, at the end of the day, and also because the Satanic Temple is Freemasonry. They, they, they are the same animal. They are the same animal. They are not two separate things. They are the same animal. Now, let me back up for a second and, and give you some foundation. Got so much stuff open here. Oh, this is an awful story. I don't think I'm going to read that one. That was just disturbing. You want to hear what the story was? I'm not going to read it, but you want to hear what it is that I'm skipping? Ohio priest sentenced to life in prison for sex trafficking. Unbelievable. You know, one of the reasons I dug that up, not dug it up, but one of the reasons that I was considering bringing it to bear was because that's Satanism too. That That's the manifestation of a, a culture bent on Satanism. Sex trafficking, pornography, and then priests getting involved. My goodness, my goodness. Anyway, let me... Stop getting off course. I'm, I'm missing this uh, thing that I was going to read for you. I'm sorry, folks. This is one of the drawbacks of doing things live, but please be patient with me. Satanic Temple. Okay. So I wanted to explain why, very briefly, very, very briefly, why can't Catholics be Freemasons? So I'm going to very briefly go through this. And by go through it, I'm just reading what someone else wrote. (laughs) This is from Catholic News Agency. The first papal condemnation of Freemasonry came from Pope Clement XII in 1738, but it has been reiterated by numerous popes. Fast forward. Pope Leo, the... So, I'm fast forwarding because the reasons are are better manifested in what Pope Pope Leo writes, and it'll be easier to understand. Pope Leo... The 13th greatly expanded the church's teaching nearly 150 years later in his 1884 papal encyclical Humanum Genus. The encyclical detailed why Freemasonry is irreconcilable with Catholicism and accused the Freemasons of planning that of quote planning the destruction of the Holy Church publicly and openly end quote and holding to doctrines that contradict church 
teachings. Well, what doctrines are those? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. According to Pope Leo, Freemasonry adheres to naturalism, which he says is the idea that human... I don't know why they, they phrase it this way. Which he says is the idea that... No, it's not just that he says. It is the idea that. I'm going to reword this. I'm going to take, take creative editorial license and reword this. According to Pope Leo, Freemasonry adheres to naturalism, uh, which is the idea that human nature and human reason ought in all things to be mistress and guide. Without getting too deep into it, folks, that is, all, that is an ancient heresy. That right there, which Free, Freemason is even worse, but Freemasonry, rather, is even worse because that's just the tip of the iceberg. But that, I forget what the heresy is called, but what I just read is a heresy. He adds that they deny that anything has been taught by God, true. They allow no dogma of religion or truth, which cannot be understood by human intelligence, nor any teacher who ought to be believed by reason of his authority. And I'll go a little further, too, kind of impromptu. Freemasonry, first of all, the naturalism part, hold on to that, because we're going, we're going back to that. Human, uh, Freemasonry adheres to naturalism, which is the idea that human nature and reason ought to, ought in all things be mistress and guide. We're going to go back to that. Freemasonry also, it, it, some people say, well, Freemasons believe in God. No, no, they don't. They believe in a phantom. They believe in what they call, a, a, I think a supreme architect is what they call it, which is some higher intelligence, some, high, some intelligence higher than humans that put it all together, put all creation together, right? A grand architect. But for all we know, that could be a Martian. They don't believe in God. They just believe in a being higher than ourselves, which you might as well just believe in the devil because the devil is a being higher than we are. Means nothing that they believe in a, in a, in a grand architect. Means nothing at all. So they equalize everything. Everything is equal. Everything is equally true. Everything is equally important. They equalize everything, which is a foundation for communism, but I'm not going to go through all that. Today I'm trying to keep this simple and sweet. They equalize everything. Many of the founding fathers were, were Freemasons. So the idea... Uh, so the idea of equality and fairness under the law, which is a good idea, but it errs because it is not rooted in something objective. Equality and I believe in equality and fairness under the law, absolutely. But I believe it has to be rooted in something objective. It has to be rooted in reality, not people's choices, right? For instance... Um, when the Supreme Court ruled to legalize gay marriage in all 50 states, I could not believe the stupidity of the rationale of these Supreme Court justices. I mean, there is no way that you're more stupid than a junior high schooler. There's no way that you're more stupid than a junior high schooler. To say that, you know, just like, you know, black people should legally be able to marry white people, and that should, legal, that should be legal in all 50 states— and so it is that Johnny and Harry should be able to get married, and that should be, that has that that is not an analog at all. Just like there are elephants, 
There are also Mexican chihuahuas. That, there's no equivalent there, equivalency there. Those are two different animals. I, I, there is no way. Well, that's where we are. Because the law is not rooted in something objective, and some people will argue that the Constitution is the, is the objective agent, but I disagree, but that's another story. Because the law is not rooted in something objective, it can become anything that we want to make up. Legislators, lawmakers, and judges have zero authority to invent laws because they have no authority to invent truth. Law reflects truth. Now, legislators, lawmakers, they write laws that uphold truth. They cannot write a law that that they cannot write a law that does not reflect truth and reality. So technically, you know, lawmakers aren't actually lawmakers, they're law writers. Because a law because a person cannot make a law. A person cannot make a law because a person cannot make a truth. So the country established by um or influenced so heavily by Freemason philosophy is a country where anything can be made legal. Absolutely anything can be made legal. That's Freemasonry. That's the Freemason influence in this country. It's a great country. I am a patriot. I am a veteran. Don't get me wrong. Love my country. But let's be real. I love Jesus more. And I love truth more. I don't love my country less, but I'm not so stupid that I can't point out its flaws. So because anything can be legal and anything... By something being legal, it is interpreted as being right. By something, law is a teacher. By something being legal, it is interpreted as being right, even if it's wrong. Do you see the trouble? And that's Freemasonry. That's Freemasonry. It equalizes everything. Now let's go to these Satanists. Now I'm building up to this story, folks. Building up to this story. As I read this, I hope you're putting everything together. Here we go. Satanic Temple announces launch of after-school Satan Club at Connecticut Elementary School. The Satanic Temple this month, that is, sorry, the Satanic Temple said this month that it is launching an after-school Satan Club at a Connecticut elementary school months after a federal judge ruled that a middle school in Pennsylvania had to accommodate a similar club. Because when, folks, when the law is not rooted in something that's true, anything can be made legal. Especially in a, in a, under a philosophy of fairness and equality. <laughs> it, all right, look, for something to be fair and equal, it has to stand on something, right? It, has to st- it can't stand on itself. They can't stand in relation to each other. It has to stand on something, right? So let me, how can I put this another way? For something to be fair, we have to be able to define unfair. For something to be defined as unfair, we have to know what right is. He took my he took my dollar, right? Or he overcharged me. That's unfair. Okay, well, what would fair have been? To charge me what something is worth. Well, what is something worth? This thing is worth one dollar. See, so the fairness is rooted in something that's real. Fair and unfair has to be predicated on something that, or by something that is real, 
reality, truth. When you don't have that, then anything can be fair. Things can be fair even if they're grossly wrong. Even if they're evil, they can be fair. And if they're fair, they're legal. And if they're legal, they're good, even if it's evil. So because of the Satanic Temple, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a Satanic Temple also in Pennsylvania, a different chapter. I'm pretty sure this is a national thing. Once that went legal in Pennsylvania, I said, now it's going to be legal everywhere. All they have to do is take the next school district to court, take the next school to court, and take the next school to court, and it's going to fall like dominoes. Now, what are they doing in the Satanic Club? Are they worshiping Satan? Well, <laughs> sort of, just not directly. Were the Jews worshiping Satan when they worshiped the golden calf? Eh, not really, but sort of. Let's continue. The Satanic Temple is a political activist group that protests religious symbolism in public spaces. In spite of its name, according to its website, it denies the existence of both God and Satan. Not quite. Follow me. The group launched its after-school Satan program in 2016. The organization touts the, in, the initiative as an alternative to religious after-school programs. Let's fast forward. The group listed, so, so what are they going to do with these clubs? This is where I'm trying to get to. The club does not attempt to convert children to any religious ideology, the Post said. I think they said this on social media or something. The group listed science projects, community service projects, puzzles and games, and snacks as part of the club's offerings. Let me repeat. Science projects, community service projects, puzzles and games... And snacks. So, and and also they're doing like STEM activities, uh, science, technology. I, I I don't remember what STEM stands for, but let me see. I think it's in here. I think they mention it in here. No, they don't. But it's basically STEM. Okay. So it's science, technology, engineering. They throw some nature in there. At least that's what they said in the Pennsylvania case. So science, technology, engineering, nature. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? Let's go back to the videotape. Pope Leo asserts that Freemasonry subscribes, this is my own writing, that's why it sounds different from the article, subscribes to the concept of naturalism. Naturalism is the belief that human nature and, and human intellect should always serve as the primary guide and authority. It also, so under naturalism also, uh, nature almost becomes, almost becomes a guide in and of itself. Nature, where do you think the term mother nature comes from? Nature is not your mother. Nature is our sister. But where do you think that term comes from? It comes from paganism. And the same idea is, is, is I guess, espoused in Freemasonry. So STEM is just another manifestation of Freemasonry. And Freemasonry is just a manifestation of Satanism and demonism, a religion that worships the self, the intellect, and nature, not God, not God. And so that's where we are. That's where we are. I've been teaching kids for, oh man, it's got to be, which I cannot believe it, but I think it is about 25 years. And I've seen kids change over 25 years, like a lot, kids in the classroom. And I've been involved in youth ministry a lot. I've done youth programs, um, youth conferences, stuff like this. 
So I've really been involved with, with young Catholics or young people in general, but mostly Catholics. And I've seen, especially in the classroom, I've seen kids change a lot where they're just, their intellect, so their spirit is more and more and more dead. Their curiosity is more and more and more dead. Their hostility toward their own religion is not so dead. But their interest in seeking out answers is. Why does the Catholic Church, I can remember there was a stretch of several years where kids were still asking, why does the Catholic Church teach X, teach Y, teach Z? Now they don't even bother asking. It went from genuine curiosity to gradual hostility. Why does the church teach this? The church shouldn't teach that. All right, it went to that. And then as it completed its role off of the, off of the cliff, now they still believe, they still have that hostility or a, a, a negative interest. If It's either hostility or it's a negative interest. They still have that, but now they're not asking about it. They're not even talking about it. Their spirits are dead. Their minds are dead. And it's really a very sad thing to see. But increasingly, what I am getting is science says, science says, science says. But science says, science says. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yes, but science says, I mean, they're worse than Mr. Spock. Sensors indicate that this cannot be truth. Spock, you're wrong. Science says, science says, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like it's been programmed into them. I'm not saying science is a bad thing, of course. But science is, has become a religion. <laughs> now they hold everything proclaimed by the faith against the judgment of what science says when the two are not, do not exist in the same world. The two don't exist. It's, it's like saying, well, I know you're saying I need heart surgery, but my podiatrist, my podiatrist says otherwise. Those, those two don't operate in the same world. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into the faith and science or faith and reason thing with you because I'm preaching to the choir. But my point is, I'm hearing this a lot. Science says, science says. Kids are becoming more and more naturalists, humanists. Equality, equality, equality. I remember I had a student in the classroom who was talking about equality um, in, I think, in the context of gay marriage. And I invite dissent, I, I, and I, I tell them straight out, I tell them straight out, anything you have to say, you can say it here, anything. I think God is fake. I think religion is stupid. I think the Catholic Church is a cult. And I had, I had one student say, I think the Catholic Church is a cult. Anything you have to say, you can say it in here, 100%. Every question you have... Any statement you want to make, just be prepared to discuss it. You know, if it, if it's worth it's if it's worthy of discussing, you know, some because some, some statements are just statements, and some statements are, are are heavier, right? Anything you have to say, you can say it in here. And they take me up on that offer. Sometimes they're um, atheists, which I always have at least one, at least one in the classroom, but increasingly that I'm, I'm getting more than one. Or I have been, I don't do it anymore, but I have been getting more than one. Had been getting more than one. A um, couple of times they've been pagans. And so on and so on and so on. And I'm seeing that kids are becoming more and more naturalist. So I had this one student talking about, she was in favor of um, gay marriage. 
And I said, why are you in favor of that? Again, as opposed to what the church teaches about marriage, right? So that was, the, that was basically the, the, the conversation. And she gave her reasoning, and I gave uh, the, the church's position, and I challenged her about thinking about her own reasoning. Does your reasoning sound logical? Because she was a very smart kid, very, 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 very smart. So I spoke to her like she was a smart kid. Does your, does your logic hold up? Will it survive testing? And so we went through her argument. We tested it logically. She agreed that her logic does not stand up, and she still maintained her position. She would not change her mind. Seeing the flaws of her own argument, seeing the, the, the value and merit of the church's teaching, still would not change her mind. Why? Because naturalists are humanists, and humanists listen to their emotions, not their reason. They listen to their emotions, not their reason. So humanism, I mean, social justice, if it's real social justice, is a really good thing. We need someone, we need someone to speak up for the marginalized. I disagree with who the marginalized are, <laughs> you know, compared to like secular politics. I, I don't always agree with who the marginalized are, but there are always marginalized people. You know, for a while, women were the marginalized. They couldn't vote or, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, for a while, I don't think it's really the case today, but at least for a while, black people were marginalized. And for a while, Irish people were marginalized. And Italian people were marginalized. There's always somebody marginalized. And there's always someone who needs to be stood up for. That's a good thing if it's rooted in truth, not nonsense. You'll notice on my social media profiles... In my profiles, I have this line, nonsense and I are natural enemies, and I wasn't even joking when I wrote it. Social justice is good if it's rooted and based on truth, on real justice. Someone needs standing up for, someone needs defending, someone needs representation. There's always that. There's always the marginalized. Always, always. They're out there somewhere. It changes some, it doesn't always change from generation to generation, but it changes across generations, right? But because social justice has to be rooted in truth, it has to be driven by reason. It can be colored by emotion. Emotion is part of how we understand truth, but it comes second. It's, it's, it comes second. It's subordinate to the reason. The reason has to drive justice or social justice causes, efforts. And when the emotions get involved, then it becomes compassion, not just social justice. Justice, think of that as daddy. Compassion, think of that as mommy. God is both. We have to exhibit both. We have to embody both. When the emotions get involved, it becomes compassion. But even compassion has to be guided by the reason. Reason is the president of the United States for the human soul. <laughs> or that might not be a great, great analogy. Well, re reason is the supreme king <laughs> of, the, of the human soul. The emotions come second. Emotions are, are important. Emotions can be good. 
because they, 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 let me just end it there. Emotions are good, but they cannot drive social justice. Children, by children, I mean even teenagers, even young adults, are increasingly driven by their emotions, which is why you have so many out there who are supporting um, communism. They wear communist T-shirts and they wear Che, whatever the hell his name was, T-shirts. They fly communist flags. Uh, it, it's unbelievable to me. But it shouldn't. shouldn't be unbelievable. The country is founded. It's founded on, Rome, on some Roman principles of law and governance, but it's also founded on Freemasonry philosophy. Freemasonry is evil. It's so evil that there's a law in the church that says Catholics cannot be Freemasons. Freemasonry is just a branch of Satanism. And this satanic temple can say all they like that we're not teaching children to worship Satan. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, okay, you're not teaching children to worship Satan. You're teaching them to worship other things. You're teaching them that the created order is more important than the creator who put it all in, into place. You're teaching them that the created order is the only thing that matters. You're, you're doing what Freemasonry does. You're clearing the field so that other things, wrong things, false things, can be put in there instead. You're clearing the field. That's what Freemasonry does. It equalizes everything and clears the field of what's good and true. And that's what the Satanic Temple is doing. You're going to see more of these uh, happening throughout the country Except for the fact that I think to resist it, the schools, these public schools that are offering Christian clubs, that, that's really how this came, came into being. There are public schools offering after-school Christian clubs and, and the like, I, I think. At least that was the case in Pennsylvania and, and one other school in, on the West Coast. I think to resist this, you're just going to find that Christian after-school programs are, are going to go away. So whether the Satanic Temple opens another or or launches another after school satan's satan club or and another one another one whether they do that or they don't open up another one ever again because all of the christian clubs have dried up either way satan wins damned if you do damned if you don't so how do we resist this if you're a parent listen up talk to your kids regularly about God, Jesus, the saints, the faith. I mean, this is all real stuff, right? This is all real stuff. Like if somebody were to ask me, how was your day? One of the things I will bring up is that will be that mass reading, the thoughts that struck me during that mass reading, because that's part of reality. I'm not just going to say, oh, traffic sucked or whatever. The faith experience is reality. So represent it in your home, in your household. Talk about it. Let them know that this is real. It's not story time. It's real. Talk about it. Reason through it. Talk about the things that are confusing about it, difficult about it, fascinating about it, whatever. Make this, it is reality, so make it real for your children. Be nosy about what they're learning in school. Super, super nosy. Like you're interrogating a murder suspect. Be super nosy about what they're learning in school. And don't freak out. 
about what they're learning in school because they may be learning something that's that's foolish or against Catholic teaching, whatever. Don't freak out. Just correct them. Admonish them. Set them on the on the path of the truth. And go with them on this journey. So, okay, so you learned, I'm just making, obviously I'm making this up. Okay, you learned 1 plus 1 equals 10. Okay. Go through the logic with them of why 1 plus 1 equals 10 is false, is not in accord with reality, cannot ever be made true. Go through this logic with them. Don't just tell it to them. Go lead them through the logic of why this that, that they heard in school is false and could never be true. Why this that they heard in school or learned in school is problematic and could never be good, and so on. And then teach them what the church teaches. Don't freak out. Go to battle. When they come home having learned something that is false, don't freak out. Go to battle. If you freak out, you will lose. If you go to battle, you will absolutely win. Because truth wins all the time. Truth wins. If you're not a parent, well, how do we resist if you're not a parent? What I just told to parents still applies to you. Except you won't always be influencing, or you won't be, if you don't have kids, you won't be influencing your kids or your younger people, but you can influence the younger generations in the same way I just told the, the, the parents to do. You can still influence the younger generations by your words, by your actions, by your example. And obviously everyone should be praying more. Just, uh, I was, I was mildly insulted at mass a few weeks ago. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but actually, if I'm being honest, maybe just a little bit. Because the uh, the priest was going on about the, not going on, he was talking about the rosary. And he said, you'll notice um, some people only put rosaries on their rearview mirror. Old ladies keep them in their purse and men don't carry them at all. I was about to say, hey, wait a second, I, keep, I carry a rosary with me. <laughs> but it was a very good homily where he ended saying, if you don't pray the rosary, start praying the rosary every day. And then he said, if you're already praying the rosary, pray more of them. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't heard that. <laughs> so pray the rosary. If you're already praying the rosary, folks, pray more of them. Hmm? Pray more of them. Pray, pray, pray. And act, act, act. Stand up for what's right and true. You have to be cunning as serpents as you do that. As the Lord said, be cunning as gentle as lambs, but cunning as serpents. Sometimes you have to be crafty, careful, sneaky. Case in point, as I do these daily podcast streams, live streams, I'm going to cut it off at some point from social networks. And I'm going to say, okay, if you want to continue the show, you're going to have to go to my website at dot, 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 dot. Cunning, because sometimes there are things that I'm going to say that I know social media will kill me for. You have been bad. I remember one. I remember one time when I started my my account on X Twitter at the time. I had established the account, and then as soon as I put Catholic in my bio, I was banned. Not banned. I was uh, suspended, without reason. <laughs> well, the only thing that changed in my account was I put the word Catholic in there. I hadn't even tweeted a single thing yet. The account was active for 
I don't know, a few months, and I was just reading, right? I hadn't said a word, nothing. I had not typed a single character anywhere. No tweets, no responses, nothing. I was just reading. As soon as I put Catholic in there, your account has been suspended. <laughs> so going forward, there's going to be some shows, some episodes that I do live, and I start them on social media, on X, on YouTube, on Facebook, and then I'm going to continue them only on my website, and you'd have to go to the website to catch the rest of it. It won't always because the, usually it won't be because there's something I'm going to talk about that might be risque. Usually that won't be the case, but sometimes it may be. You have to be cunning. You have to be gentle as lambs, and I believe that, but you also have to be cunning as serpents, and I believe that too. Sometimes you have to be sneaky. So stand up, and sometimes know that you have to be sneaky about it. That doesn't mean you're a coward. That means you're being sneaky. You're attacking from a different direction. We did it in the military all the time. What else can you do? Well, let's go to the book of Maccabees. They were surrounded, the book says, by men who were breakers of the law. So I will say to you, keep the law of the covenant. Keep the commandments. Go to church for Pete's sake. Go to church every single week and every holy day of obligation. Go to church. Even if you think you cannot receive communion, go to church anyway. Because even being, first of all, because you have to. Second of all, even being present for the consecration brings graces to you. Just being present for the consecration. Obviously, it's not the same graces as what you receive when you receive communion, of course, but you still benefit spiritually just from being there, apart from the fact that, you, that you're obligated to go anyway. So keep the law of the covenant, the commandments, go to Mass, right? Receive communion re reverently and frequently. If you can go to the, even the occasional daily Mass, do that. And above all, stay close to God in prayer and meditation. Stay close to God, folks. Stay close to God in prayer, in prayer and meditation. Don't just recite words. Prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation. Take, I said this on, on X early this morning. Take cover from the harrowing craziness of the world. Take cover in prayer and meditation.
In that way, you restore and rejuvenate, you revitalize yourselves. And what you take from that, from those frequent encounters, that frequent contact with God, with the divine, with grace, what you take from that, bring out into the world, into your lives, into your household, your families, your communities. Freemasonry makes everything neutral, makes everything equal, neutral. It clears a path. It empties the path of everything good. It empties the path of everything good and true. So the way to stand against that is to bring goodness and truth out into the world. That's going to do it for me. This has been the first daily podcast of a Catholic adventurer. Hope you enjoyed it. God bless you. God be with you all. Bye-bye.